Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. So we just want to say, as always, thank you for watching or listening. And if this is your first time or your second time or you haven't hit subscribe yet for some reason, we recommend that you do so, uh, whether it's on YouTube or any of the major podcasting platforms. We just want to make sure that you don't miss any of the content that we put out every week. So right now we are in the midst of a series of episodes about Lent, which is a season of uh, not celebration, observation of time uh, before we get to Easter Sunday. And so a quick definition of Lent is that it's a period of grief that necessarily ends with a great celebration of Easter. So um, we are today joined once again by Pastor Sarah Sosa, our children's pastor. My second time in the series. I know, Woo! it's so exciting. I'm actually getting uh, you twice and Pastor Brad twice and Pastor Char twice throughout the series. So we get to hear from all of them, which is great. It's a star-studded um, series. Yeah. So um, we are t- today we are talking about the significance of 40 days of Lent. And why is it 40 days, but it's actually 46? What What's going on with all that? <laughs> so before we get into that, though, um, you were telling me before we started how we actually decide the date of Easter. Because oh, yeah. like Christmas is always just the same day. It's uh, the 25th, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Christmas Day is the 25th. Christmas Day is the 24th. Simple. Yeah. Easter fluctuates every year. Sometimes yeah. it's in March. Usually it's in April. What's going on? Why? How yeah. is that decided? So, so I don't know. I don't know who decided it was going to be this way. I've never actually researched that. So you can go Google that if you want. But um, so Easter is the first Sunday mm-hmm. after the first full moon after the vernal equinox, which is the first day of spring. First day of spring um, is in in our hemisphere is March twentieth or twenty first, mm-hmm. um, and for counting to, toward Easter. You pick the 20th or the 21st based on which day has equal hours of daylight and nighttime. So 12 hours of each. Yeah. It's either going to happen on the 20th or it'll happen on the 21st. And so then you take that day and you figure out after that day, the first full moon, and then the first Sunday after the first full moon. They can predict all that astronomically. So you can look <laughs> out at Easter dates, you know, yeah. 10, 20 years into the future. Yeah. They've got them. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you take uh, the day of Easter and you count back actually 46 days. I think we're going to talk about that. And that will get you Ash Wednesday. So Ash Wednesday also moves around because it's tied to Easter. Easter. Yep. Yep. And again, we don't know why, <laughs> who decided <laughs> that. That's a whole that other up. research investigation yeah. of why on earth that happened. I'm sure but... it came out of like the Council of Nicaea or something yeah. like that. <laughs> no. Well, and the Bible doesn't say this is the specific date. No. The Bible never says like specific dates of months that as we know them. So yeah. um, for whatever that's worth, that's how we get to where Easter and Ash yes. Wednesday are. And so. then the Eastern Orthodox tradition is different. Yep. Like their Easter date is later than ours usually. Yep. One, their Christmas is later too. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think their whole calendar's off. Yep. I mean, so, not in a bad way. I'm not, yeah, it's not just bashing them. Yeah. It's just different. different. Well, because there's the Gregorian calendar and the Julian calendar. Yes. I don't know which is, I don't know which one we're on. That's reaching too far back to the yeah. college days. But at some point they implemented a leap day and that yeah. changed everything. And Made massive stuff. Yeah. Moral of the story, it doesn't necessarily matter which day we commemorate it biblically. From a biblical right. perspective, right. that's not the point. Uh, so. Yeah, we don't, in terms of a calendar day, we right. do know Friday, Good Friday is Friday. 
Yeah. Easter Sunday is Sunday. You know, yes. Th- those things we know. Yes. Yeah. So all of that is really interesting. So then, like we said, the um, the period of Lent, uh, we talk about it as being 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, what we often don't say in our services is that that doesn't count the Sundays. Right. So it's kind of 46 days, but it's 40 days of Monday through Saturday, yes. um, starting on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Um, and so the number 40 shows up a lot in Scripture. Yes. So I have a few examples of places where it shows up. Um, so in the in Genesis, in Genesis 7, where we have the story of Noah and the Great Flood, mm-hmm. it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. Yep. And then they're on the ark for some time after that. But it's 40 days and 40 nights of rain. Mm-hmm. Later, um, when Moses um, is helping to lead the Exodus, when they've left Egypt, Moses spends some time on Mount Sinai with God. That amount of time is 40 days. Later on, Elijah um, spends 40 days walking to Mount Horeb. Uh, when Jonah is prophesying to Nineveh, um, he, is, he gives Nineveh 40 days um, for them to repent. And then later in the New Testament, we get to Jesus, and Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness fasting without food. Um, you mentioned earlier that yeah. he, was spend, he wasn't necessarily spending 40 days uh, fasting. It was maybe 40 days starving. <laughs> like, like literally not eating it. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, but so like that was a period Jesus. of 40 days yeah. uninterrupted by Sundays. Yeah. Um, and so that's that, that's kind of uh, some of the examples of the biblical yeah. um, amount of 40 days being used. So why is that significant? Why are we applying that to Lent? Yeah, so the one that applies most directly to Lent is Jesus in the wilderness because mm-hmm. he was fasting. It was he was he was um, in this state of, you know, contemplation and preparation. Because mm-hmm. um, that so, was right before his before yeah. he started his public ministry. Yeah, he, um, so he goes and baptized by John on the river. And, you know, that's the whole, like, Holy Spirit and God and Jesus all in one place. You hear the voice of God. You see the the Spirit descending in a, in a bird like a dove. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all three together. It's I think it's only the second time in scripture that that's recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it says immediately he was taken by the spirit to the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you're like ushered by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> like he, you know, and he, and, and he's in this, um, in this space and, and then right after that, his public ministry begins. Um, and so that 40 days of fasting and the idea of penance kind of coupled together um, in the season of Lent as we head toward Easter. And the reason why Sundays don't get included is because back um, in the days when they would have done these kinds of practices, they weren't allowed to do penance or fast on the Sabbath. Okay. Which for us is a Sunday, for them would have probably been Saturday. Sure. Um, and so, so you can't include Sundays between Ash Wednesday and Easter as part of the 40 days. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have actual 40 days of penance and fasting you don't count the Sundays okay but when you add the Sundays back in you get 46 total so yes. Ash Wednesday to Easter is actually 46 days yes but it's 40 days of fasting <laughs> got it yes <laughs> it feels I'm with you circular, now <laughs> but yeah yeah it's kind of crazy yeah and again this is something that's not necessarily in the Bible that we're told to do like you have to observe this by yeah. spending 40 days in fasting yeah, right. and this is a human tradition it's that we've Christian developed yeah. mm-hmm. around Easter to help us observe Easter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things, so what should we do with this 40 days? So 
we have this period of time, 40 days or 46 days. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that as Christians yeah. today? And, and again, we don't yeah. have to do anything, biblically speaking. Right. But what is this tradition helping us to do? Well, it, it mirrors Advent, right? Mm-hmm. So Advent is the, the, the time leading up to uh, Christmas Day. It's the four Sundays before Christmas Day mm-hmm. um, are, you know, the Sundays in Advent. And so you have that season of, of getting ready for the birth of Christ. And similarly, Lent is a season to to get ready for, you know, celebrating Christ's death, which we don't usually talk about that as a celebration. But remember, if Christ doesn't die, we're all in a boatload of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no way to get to heaven unless mm-hmm. that happens. Um, and no way to be forgiven uh, aside from him. And so there is a celebration, even though it's a h- extremely difficult, hard day, and Saturday even more so in some respects, but then Sunday comes the celebration. So Lent gives you the time to just kind of sit with the fullness and the weight of what Christ has done for us mm. um, and and not not be so quick to rush past the story and the sacrifice, the, the idea that God climbed inside of his creation and that was his method of salvation. Like we can all wait till we get to heaven and ask God, why? Why did you choose it that way? <laughs> why I'm not quite sure that's what I would have picked. But you know that kind of thing. But for whatever reason, this is this is it. And so it's it's just an opportunity to, um, you know, to to really be observant and to realize that you know we, a lot of people are like, but we're east, we're post Easter people. We mm-hmm. we live in a post Easter world. We know that Jesus came. We know that He died. We know that we get to go to heaven. We know the victory is ours. And so we want to stay on the happy side of things. Well, right. it's important to realize that that even for us as individuals, it wasn't always so, yeah. right? Like there was a point in your life when you weren't saved. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't a very long, maybe it was only like eight years and you became a Christian, you know, in your grade school years. Maybe it was 80 years, right? Yeah. There was a period where we were ourselves apart from God, um, but for the grace of God and the movement of the Spirit, we step into relationship. That's our Easter Mm-hmm. And so even um, Lent provides an opportunity for us to do some self-reflection on who were we before Christ and how does Christ make a difference mm-hmm. in who I am. So how you observe Lent is up to you, right? And I think we were talking about this briefly. I think we don't really like being in sad, somber places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, tend, we are a happiness culture and we'd like to be happy. We often actually feel entitled to be happy. Mm-hmm. So to spend 40 days feeling sad it's like oh i don't oh, <laughs> how do we do that? Let's do that right um and in minnesota when you know you're coming through winter and it's uh, the the weather already <laughs> for some people feels heavy the grayness of mm-hmm. of uh days with less sunlight. gray outside today <laughs> so, yeah so hard for people and so you, and here's another layer of sadness on top of it um so we we make these constructs to help us through so we decide we're going to fast something or we're going to you know do a different spiritual practice than we normally do and i think it's sort of a way to help get us through a mm. season that's not comfortable yeah like if you're a coping really gonna, mechanism of sorts. yeah if you're really going to enter in to jesus story and your own story you know pre-salvation that it's there's a stark reality that it's not pretty no. <laughs> you know what i mean so, well and even post-salvation um faith in christ and being saved doesn't negate the fact that we live in a broken world right, we course. live in a challenging place yes Full of plenty of pain and difficult things, and again, we're 
we're quick to move past when we're sad we try to cheer ourselves up when somebody we care about is in pain we we often try to say things that'll be comforting or forward-looking when actually if you talk to people who have been in deep grief over something that Mm -hmm. has happened in their life they often will say the best gift that you can give is not the things you say it's just the ministry of presence yep that you were there, that you were willing to sit with them in their sadness, that you were willing to listen to them while they ranted about the unfairness of their situation, <laughs> you know, to just really be present, even though it's hard, even though we don't, we would prefer to be celebrating and having a great time. Yeah. Um, there are times when we, we have to figure out how to be comfortable with the hard spaces. Yeah. And Lent um, gives us a chance to enter in, into a hard space and do that. When I think too, when contemplating the brokenness of the world or the brokenness of our own sin or the challenges of life um, helps us to understand how much we need God. And mm-hmm. there is value in that too. Sure. Um, if we're just always focused on the happy, we might be happy, but we might forget how much we need God. And that can kind of lead us into a complacent space. Yeah. And recognizing the difference between happiness and joy. Mm. Um, because joy is a state of being and happiness is external. Happiness is dependent on things happening around us. Mm -hmm. Joy comes from within. So you can be in a sad, somber, reflective, pensive state and still feel joy. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. like, like sadness and happiness are. Yeah. So an example of that, like in my life, and I'm sure many of us have experienced like, when my aunt was uh, battling cancer several years ago and it was getting to the end of her life, we had joy knowing that she knew Jesus and that she mm-hmm. would be ultimately healed spiritually and physically, you know, in an afterlife. Um, but there was, we weren't happy. No, no, <laughs> we were experiencing joy that tears. she knew Christ and yeah. that she would be um, saved and restored. Mm-hmm. But there was great sadness in the immediate moment. Yeah. And yeah. we've all experienced something like that. Yeah. So those are some, some things that are worth holding and the, the structures that we choose to get through them can be helpful because they can help us be more mindful if we change a pattern of some sort, if we choose to fast something, whether that's actually food or a favorite beverage or a, a TV channel or show or hours worth of tech or whatever it is that mm-hmm. we choose to give up that that self-sacrifice creates a tension because we're used to doing it a certain way. We've now chosen for 40 days to do it a different way. Mm-hmm. And in doing that though, the key is to, to know why are you doing that? Are you doing that so that you could say to your best friend, hey, for 40 days, <laughs> I didn't chew bubble gum or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> is it a bragging point yeah. or is it a, I'm, I, I need to do something that's gonna capture my attention and point me back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That would be the, the thing that you, the thought that you would want to drive whatever rhythm you choose to adopt and doing it for 40 days can actually establish a habit mm-hmm. there are the beginnings of one yeah and so if you if you need to to be healthier in some area if you need a different spiritual practice in your life that that you know dedicating that season of Lent to doing that in honor of the sacrifice of Christ for us um, could be really life-giving mm-hmm. uh, form of discipleship and growth. And, and as I think about what it means to kind of sit in sadness and sit with that, um, you know, right now I'm in a really good place in life, so it's 
it's almost a little bit harder for me to get into that mindset, which mm -hmm. is strange for me because I battled depression for so long. I'm like, how do I get myself into this space? But you were talking earlier before we were recording about just some of the thoughts that you've been kind of sitting with in terms of putting yourself in the shoes of um, some of the disciples that would have been yeah. with Jesus in those last couple days of life. And I think that's maybe a helpful way to kind of um, enter ourselves into that mindset of, yeah. of sitting with that. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's simpler than you think. It would be, you know, picking up the Gospels. And they each tell the, you know, if you look at the last week of Jesus' life, we call Holy Week from Paul Sunday, Palm Sunday to Easter. And look at the events of that week. Um, go to all four Gospels because they, mm. they tell different stories or they tell different versions of the same story. You'll get the fullest picture if you read in all four. If that feels overwhelming, then just pick one for this year and do another one next year. Um, but as you read through, do it as a slow read and try to insert yourself in the story. We all have good imaginations. Mm -hmm. we, we watch movies and we can imagine what would it be like if I were a character in that movie. Or we read books and say, what if I were in that, that you know scene? Uh, so put yourself in the scene and, and just pick, like I was just talking with Kevin about Thursday. So if you look at, we call Maundy Thursday. Maundy's just a name for holy. Um, it's a set apart day. It's the day that we remember Jesus had his last supper with his disciples and it's the night he was arrested. And if you just walk through um, and pause at each of the pieces that were part of that, you know, all the way from how weird it would have been for Jesus to wash their feet. Um, he'd never done that before. They're with him for three years. He's never washed their feet. No. Why is he washing them now? That's odd. Um, and then this whole thing with Judas is like sneaky, sneaky and talking to Jesus. And Jesus is like, you know, whoever dips the bread in my cup, you know, and all of a sudden Jesus, Judas leaves quickly and the disciples are like, what, what happened with him? You know, yeah. like, so there's that kind of piece that's going on. And, and just the, you know, the things that Jesus talks about at the Last Supper, the way that he prays, you know, he breaks the bread and says, take this in remembrance of me. And they're like, what, Where you're not going anywhere, you're right here. <laughs> right. Like, if you really start to think, what would it have been like if I had been a follower of Jesus, listening to him say these things and watch these things, and then you leave and go to this garden, and he goes and prays, and he comes back, and he's so, like, agitated that he begs some of his favorites to stay awake with them. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back and he's disappointed that they couldn't even stay awake. I mean, like he is in anguish. And one of the versions tells us that he's under so much duress that he begins to, to sweat blood. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're a sleeping disciple and Jesus comes back from praying and his face is all bloody sweaty. Like, what yeah. is that? You yeah. know, it's arms. Like, What's weird, right? You know, and then all of a sudden these soldiers show up and... Judas, you know, betrays Jesus with a kiss, which is supposed to be a sign of intimacy. And now it's like this weapon and Peter freaks out and cuts <laughs> off somebody's ear. And then Jesus is like, let me help you with that and puts it back on. Like all this chaos uh, of the evening. And that's just Thursday. Yeah. Right? If you look at the whole week, look at Palm Sunday and how he comes in. Look at, look at what happens between Palm Sunday and Thursday. Read those stories. You know, what is Jesus talking about? What is he teaching about? What is he... Who's he healing? Like, what's happening? And then, you know, you've got Friday, which is just as chaotic and bitter. And then Saturday, which actually kind of quiet, but it must have been excruciating. Mm -hmm. Like, how disillusioned are you as a disciple sitting in an upper room, wondering if you're about to get arrested, for mm -hmm. one, because Jesus just got killed. And also, Jesus just got killed. Right. Like, <laughs> We Somebody not, you look up to and loved and have yeah. been following for years. Right. They gave up their livelihoods right. to follow him. And then he comes back to life and he appears to women first. <laughs> and they're like, 
we are 12, Jesus. Like, what What up? You should have come and told us first. You know, I'm not sure that they would have re- reacted that way. But everything that Jesus does is weird and unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, it's out of the box thinking all the time. And, and all the way up, not even just past his resurrection, but even that interim time. That's another 40 days mm. to Pentecost. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then Jesus' ascension. So, wow. You know, um, you don't actually have to go out and buy a book yeah. to get through Lent. You could just pick up your Bible, pick up one of the Gospels and do a slow read mm-hmm. and try to put yourself in the scene and really feel the weight. Now, if you're not a reader... And you want to like real life experience it. There are movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the most brutal of which is The Passion of the Christ. Don't recommend that for your children. Nope. <laughs> um, or maybe even for your teenagers. You would have to watch it as an adult first and discern if your teenagers can handle it. Yeah. It's a difficult movie to watch. Yeah. You don't need a bowl of popcorn. You do need a box of Kleenex. Yes. Um, but if if Lent doesn't feel heavy to you, watch that movie. Yeah. And you will you will feel the full gravity of Christ's sacrifice for us. Yeah. It's um it's powerful. When I was just telling Sarah before before we recorded that the I saw The Passion of the Christ as a teenager in theaters when I was in high school, whenever that was, and I saw it with my grandma and we think it was one of the few movies that she ever saw in theaters. Um but afterwards she just could not speak. Like I asked her what she thought and she just stared dead ahead just completely blank and i was like oh no we broke grandma, <laughs> <laughs> broke grandma. No, i mean it's tough it's tough yeah i'm gonna lie if you haven't seen it it is a tough movie to watch but it might be a necessary movie mm-hmm. for you to really really enter into the, the depth of what christ did for us yeah absolutely yeah so yeah so all of this is just to say that um there's not necessarily anything magic about the number 40. Mm-mm. It's not something that we're commanded to do biblically. What it is, is something to help us structure time intentionally as we look towards yeah. Easter yeah. to help us. It's an invitation, a structured yeah. invitation to help us orient ourselves towards Easter so that we can better grasp what Easter means. Yeah, And I love that word invitation because that's really what mm-hmm. it is. It's an invitation to to think differently, to do differently for a season of life. Um, and, and the end result would be that you can better identify with Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not in relationship with him yet, it may be a necessary part of the process mm-hmm. of you entering into relationship with him to, to really fully understand you know, what he accomplished. Mm-hmm. So. And I would also just say to anybody watching or listening that if you didn't start any sort of observance on Ash Wednesday, um, that's okay. You're not discounted. Yeah, you're not discounted. (laughs) Um, You're not a bad Christian. Um, You're not missing out on a biblical prescription of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's just an invitation of a way to structure time to prepare us for Easter. So if you haven't started anything till now, that's fine. Just start now. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and if you don't hit it every day, like we get it. Yeah. Right? The rhythm of life is happening. So it's just the idea to do something more than what you normally would do. Mm-hmm. Or something less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're giving up something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, well said. <laughs> so any other last thoughts about this kind of concept of Lent being 40 days and what the invitation is in that? No. I mean, other than to observe, you know, when you, you 
pointed out that it's not prescribed by the Bible. When you see, you know, something like 40, uh, but there are numbers that are re repeated quite a bit yes. in the Bible. There are themes that are repeated. Um, and and that repetition is an actual literary tool of that period of yes. writing. It's not a tool that is used in the same way in, in contemporary writing. So we study that. And, and a good way to study that would be to um, do the Bible Project's podcast series or video series on how to read the Bible. Mm. Um, and it, it'll, it will bring you through understanding the different types of writing in the Bible. But this idea of repetition mm -hmm. um, is a way that biblical authors try to give weight to things and bring attention to things mm -hmm. and and sort of weave a, a, a thread through the narrative. And so um, it for us today, it's just a it's a way to say, oh, maybe I should pay attention to that. Yeah. There's that number 40 again. Maybe this is something <laughs> important, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much the 40. It's that it's the repetition that mm -hmm. should be making us pause and yeah. think a little more deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Yeah. And I hope it was a helpful conversation for you as well. Um, as always, if you have any questions, um, please feel free to contact me. My email address is in the description of the episode, so you can reach out to me in that way. So um, please continue to join us for the series about Lent as we head towards Easter, which this year is on April 9th because April of all 9th. the moon things that we yeah. talked about at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, if you forgot all that, you just skip back in the podcast, yep. write, write it all down. That's good water cooler talk at work. Yes. So. You'll Did you know why Easter is always people. moving around the calendar? <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Pastor Sarah, oh, for welcome. joining us. Thanks, and man. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week.